Bowser. Treason season started early this year as a nuclear sub was hijacked by local man Homer Simpson. Oh, my God! I told him that photo would come back to haunt him. Could Homer Simpson be a communist? His father spoke out on his behalf. My Homer is not a communist. He may be a liar, a pig, an idiot, a communist, but he is not a porn star. It's over there. The Soviet Union will be pleased to offer amnesty to your wayward vessel. The Soviet Union? I thought you guys broke up. Yes, that's what we wanted you to think. <laughs> Capitalism. You know, I have to say, it is absolutely remarkable how often comedy seems to predict what is going to happen in today's day and age. You know, if you were to go back to the comedy skits from, say, Monty Python in the 1970s, right, where they were making jokes about a man who believes himself to be a woman, right? And the whole thing was hysterical, right, because everybody knows that a man is obviously not a woman, even if he believes himself to be. And today, that's mainstream. Or say, go back to The Simpsons from the 1990s about the USSR, right, the Soviet Union, coming back and going against Europe and everything, right? And here we are. Ah, oh, God. It, it almost makes me wish that we would stop producing comedies just so we could stop giving leftists incentives and ideas to pursue just absolutely insane, batshit crazy policies, stances, and actions. But um, in any event, welcome to the Woke is Broke podcast. I am your host, as always, Joshua Stanko. And uh, let's get into it, shall we? So, uh, CNN's top Down Syndrome reporter, John Harwood, apparently thinks the year is currently 2018 and not 2022. What year is it? Uh, it was brand new. No. What year is it? Because he released an absolutely stellar article over the weekend just chronicling why it is that Democrats are going to get shellacked in the 2022 and 2024 elections. An article titled, Trump has been on Putin's side in Ukraine's long struggle against Russian aggression. An article that essentially says that the person who is no longer in the White House right now, a person who didn't see any Russian aggression against Ukraine during his presidency, is entirely to blame for what's going on right now, right? But, you know, let's be open-minded here. Let's give this guy a chance to make his argument, shall we? So, Americans rarely pay much attention to international events. Busy lives leave little time for distant events with unfamiliar protagonists. Okay, that, 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 that's fair enough. I'll give, that to, I'll give that to John Harwood. Russian President Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine has become a rare exception. It's butchery in plain view via saturation coverage for anyone with a video screen. Okay, fair enough. Well, off to a good start. But Americans may not yet have absorbed this disturbing reality. The American president who left office just 14 months ago sided with the butcher. Oh, boy. 
That's right, in the struggle now uniting the free world against an autocrat's lawless aggression, America's most recent ex-president sided with the autocrat. It's not just that Donald Trump recently hailed the genius of Putin's strike against Ukraine. Okay, I gotta stop it right there. Um, that is not what Trump did. That is not what Trump did. What Trump did was essentially say that Putin would have to be an absolute moron to not capitalize on Joe Biden's obvious and apparent weakness on foreign policies. He would have to be an idiot to look at the fall of Afghanistan and not say this guy is an incompetent boob who's not going to do anything when I move on Ukraine. And it's rather apparent that Joe Biden was not going to do anything on Ukraine. Why? Because he was talking about Russia moving on Ukraine back in November and did absolutely nothing for months on end. Absolutely nothing. Didn't implement sanctions, took our troops out of Ukraine. And I'm not talking about whether we should have had our troops fighting Russian soldiers. I am talking about leaving troops in Ukraine prior to the conflict as a deterrent against Russia moving in on Ukraine. As a mere deterrent. He took them out of Ukraine ahead of time. Where's the deterrent there? That's what Trump was saying. Putin was a genius. Why? Because he's just smart enough to know that Biden wasn't going to do jack crap. That's all. That's all. But no, no. Him... Him recognizing that, him stating that outward truth is really the reason that Putin's moving on Ukraine right now. Everything that's happening right now is because of Donald Trump. No, no, no. I'm sorry, I'm not being open-minded here. Let me at least allow John Harwood to present more stellar evidence to his theory here. Since his political career began, Trump has backed Putin in ways connected directly to the Russians' quest to subjugate that country. Mm-hmm. For years, relations between Russia and the celebrity real estate executive were lubricated by money. Oh, you mean a businessman was interested in doing businessmen with other countries and making a profit? Okay. There was the development financing Trump's sons boasted about, the Palm Beach mansion he sold to a Russian oligarch for $95 million four years after buying it for $41 million. Oh, so you're saying that a real estate mogul bought property and sold it for a profit? How unbelievably corrupt. He sought to place a Trump Tower in Moscow, even as he ran for president. In 2013, when he staged a beauty pageant in Moscow, Trump asked on Twitter, will Putin become my new best friend? Putin seized Crimea from Ukraine the following year. And there it is, right? It wasn't that Putin seized Crimea in 2014 because Barack Obama, who was the president at the time, did absolutely nothing to stop him. No, 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 no. It's because the year before, Trump held a beauty pageant in Moscow and tweeted about Putin. The disconnect from reality for these people is absolutely, absolutely astonishing. There is no introspection for these people. There, there, there is no questioning their motives, their actions, their words. There is none of that. And why? Why? It is because a leftist lives life without consequences from the policies they have, from the policies they enact, from the beliefs that they hold, right? For a leftist, they live life like a kid who finds a wallet on the side of the road, goes into Best Buy and just buys everything with another person's credit card, right? Because they don't have to care, right? It's not their money. They're not impacted by that. But the guy they're bankrupting, he's pretty, he's pretty impacted by that, right? In the same way that John Kerry can go out there and say that the war with Russia and Ukraine is a distraction from the actual war, which is climate change. This, from climate change, that is the actual problem. 
right? To John Kerry, it doesn't matter if gas is more than twice as expensive as it was before Biden took office because we cracked down on fracking and got rid of our, 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 our own oil drilling and all that, right? That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to John Kerry or any of those elites, right? Whether, he's, whether they're paying 50 cents for gas or $4.50 for gas, right? So long as they feel good about themselves, they're not impacted by the consequences of their actions. We are. I am. I drive a lot for a living. I have an annual income of about $25,000 a year. $4 a gallon for gas is pretty significant for me. Okay. And you know what? I would, I would happily, I would happily pay that increase if it meant that we got off of dependency on Russia and Saudi Arabia and now advocations for Venezuelan oil. Right? If we got off of that and actually stuck it to the Russians, I could live with that increase. What kills me the most is that gas is now $4 a gallon, and we are still buying oil from Russia, even in the midst of this war. This is something that not even the Germans are doing, for God's sakes. The Germans, who are far more progressive when it comes to climate change policy than we are, people who were so unbelievably brilliant as to disband all of the drilling on their own country, and just switch over to giant fan windmills, only to find out that no, those are not reliable sources of energy and have to buy 50% of all of their oil from Russia. Even they got rid of that. Even they said, nope, we're cracking down on the Nord Stream 2, we're opening up our own oil reserves and we're gonna start being self-dependent as a way of punishing the Russians. But we can't do that? We can't do that, no. No, it's just, it, 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 it is utterly infuriating. Just the blatant hypocrisy. There, there are fewer things that disturb and anger me more than the self-congratulatory jackassery of the left. Much like the State of the Union address. That's all that that was. That was Biden touting himself as uniting the European front. He didn't unite anything. Okay, the European, the uniting of the European, European states against Russia right now came out as a result of American weakness, plain and simple. That is why. He didn't have anything to do with that. It wasn't his strength. It wasn't his leadership. It was President Zelensky and a weak America when it came to foreign policy that resulted in the uniting of the European states right now. And the reason that Democrats are about to get pummeled in the 22 and 2024 elections is because they are going off of crap like this. Because they want to blame Trump for everything. Trump's been out of office, as John Harwood said, for 14 months. Okay, everything has gone from bad to worse under Biden, and it is directly attributable to his policies. Again, policies he doesn't have to worry about. But we do. We do because we're paying the price for them. We're paying the price for everything right now. And Americans know that. And Democrats can scream about January 6th, they can scream about Trump all they like. But you know what? Actions speak a hell of a lot louder than words and the overall impact Americans are experiencing on a day-to-day -day, on a day-to-day -day level as a result of this uh, again this leftist jackassery is going to be is felt and is going to be remembered when it comes to those elections so John Harwood um thank you for your your stellar journalism but uh go f yourself that's all I have to say on that okay so the gay guy from Star Trek George Takai um 
he is coming under fire from uh, well, a, a number of people on my side of the aisle over comments that he made over uh, combating Russia and supporting Ukraine. Um, just read the tweet real quick. Said, Americans, we can endure higher prices for food and gas if it means putting the screws to Putin. Consider it a patriotic donation in the fight for freedom over tyranny. Now, I know that any time a rich person goes out there and says that, you know, we can afford, you know, higher prices like this, it comes off as uh, patronizing at best, right? And again, as somebody who makes about $25,000 a year, um, I, I can certainly appreciate why a lot of people are upset by that kind of comment, but here's the thing. In principle, George Takai is absolutely right, right? In World War II, in World War II, we had to endure higher prices, obviously, obviously, right as Americans, we had to make sacrifices um, for the good of our allies and the good of the Jews and the good of individual uh, people, individual uh, citizens. Um, and things aren't much different right now. Now, I know that there, we, we've talked about military isolationism um, on the show a number of times and how uh, you can certainly make an argument for that. I know people like uh, like Tucker over on Fox um, and, and, and say Matt Walsh over at the Daily Wire, uh, you know, have certainly tried to make their case for why we shouldn't intervene on the Ukraine situation in a military way. I think that's extraordinarily short-sighted. I think we should have left military soldiers in Ukraine prior to this conflict as a deterrent. I don't think you should ever take the military intervention option off the table, as Biden did openly, verbally, letting Putin know that no matter what he does, whether it's firebombing a nuclear power plant in Ukraine or, say, targeting civilian citizens in Ukraine, uh, that he will never have to contend with the U.S. military on any level whatsoever when it comes to this conflict. I think that's extraordinarily unwise and short-sighted. Um, but you can make that argument. You can make that argument. And uh, you could make the argument instead for, say, implementing sanctions. What you cannot do if you're going to say that what's happening in Ukraine is bad, evil, and wrong is say that we should do nothing. You cannot say that what's happening in Ukraine is bad, evil, and wrong, but that you don't want to be personally inconvenienced on any level whatsoever. Okay? Because why? Because faith without works is dead. Plain and simple. If you pray for the poor, the desperate, and the needy, and then proceed to do absolutely nothing in your day-to-day -day personal life to help the poor, the desperate, and the needy, then you really don't care a whole hell of a lot about making sure that the poor, desperate, and needy actually get any help. And I'm not saying that you have to take off all of your clothes and give them to a poor person. What I am saying is that there are things, big and small, that you can do if you actually care about that sort of thing, right? You can make donations to charity. You can volunteer at a soup kitchen, right? It could be something as simple and small as doing one simple random act of kindness to somebody in need every single day or, or any, any, any time that you come across somebody who is in need, right? It doesn't have to be something major. And in the same way, if you recognize that what's happening in Ukraine is wrong right now and you think it should be stopped, then it isn't a hell of a lot to say that you should, I don't know, maybe enact on those proposed beliefs, those proposed values. Right? You can't have your cake and eat it. You can't have your cake and eat it too when it comes to things like this. This is the first all-out war, certainly in my lifetime, um, between two you know supposed civilized nations. This isn't like Afghanistan. Afghanistan is not a, a nation or a country. It's it's no man's land. All right. It's composed of numerous tribes and factions constantly fighting for power. That is not what we're talking about when it comes to Ukraine, which is a westernized leaning democracy, all right, currently being pummeled and invaded by Russia, which is absolutely not 
a westernized democracy. Okay, And I'm not saying that we are morally obligated to assist every single person on the face of the globe that is experiencing some kind of tragedy. All right, that, That's insane. That, that, that would be like saying that I am morally responsible for going out and you know, helping the desperate and the needy out in California and finding that person that's starving to death and helping them. That's unreasonable. That's unreasonable. But that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about people who are, one, right in front of us, right? Let's not forget that we had troops in Ukraine prior to this conflict, all right? We're talking about people who are in front of us, and we're talking about people that we made promises to. That is why we're morally obligated to them. The reason that Putin is moving on Ukraine right now is because Ukraine doesn't have any nuclear weapons to defend itself from that sort of invasion. And why don't they have nuclear weapons to defend themselves from that sort of invasion? It is because Bill Clinton reached an agreement with Ukraine in which that they would get dispensed, get rid of their nuclear weapons with the promise that the United States would protect them and with the promise from Russia that they would not invade. That is why they got rid of their nuclear weapons. That is why they got rid of their sole deterrent from a, a foreign invasion. Okay? So we've made promises to these people. All right? And, and guess what? On a moral level, what happening, what's happening right now is absolutely wrong, evil, and ugly. And they should be supported, and we should be supporting them. I mean, obviously, we're not really doing that on the national level right now, considering that, uh, uh, again, uh, the Biden administration made it, has made it clear that we're going to continue purchasing oil from Russia so as not to increase the gas prices. There's a real simple solution to that. Continue fracking, continue you know, accessing our oil reserves on our own soil, gain energy independence, cut down on the cost of gas, and cripple Putin's economy. But we won't do that. We won't do that. Germany will do that. Right. Again, it's far more progressive when it comes to uh, uh, renewable energies or uh, I'm sorry, climate change policies and all that. They'll do that, but we won't do that. Right. Because, again, Joe Biden is a feckless coward who does not care about the American people that he's hurting with his policies because his policies don't affect him. Right. Um, but no, George Takai is right. George Takai is right. Uh, it is not unreasonable. Uh, to suggest that we should honor the promises that we keep, uh, that we honor the promises that we've made as a nation to an ally, to a U.S. ally, and be slightly inconvenienced in the process. And there are solutions to those inconveniences anyways, like I said, but Biden won't take them. Biden won't take them. Um, but uh, that is all the time that we have for today. I certainly hope that you enjoyed our our little show and uh, I would ask that you please share us on social media all of our links are in the episode descriptions along with all of our sources if you'd like to make a donation Wokus Broke podcast is a crowdfunded operation and every dollar that we get helps to advance the science that ages Nancy Pelosi and AOC out of office but uh, in any event I am your host as always Joshua Stanko saying stay safe stay informed and God bless guys we'll catch you next time